0: Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Good morning. It is so good to see your faces this morning. We um, wanted to show you something. If you'll notice these jars right here, um, this week we were going through the baby bottles that we had collected already. Um, with for money for Portico, all of this um, coins and bills goes to support the ministry of Portico. And as we were emptying them out, we got to talking about it. We're like, look at how much is here. Like, I was just so excited about this. So we, um, we dropped off the checks earlier this week because we wanted them to be able to get those in the bank, but we decided to hold on to the coins and the cash because I wanted you to see it today. I actually, this is my little ploy, um, I want to fill the rest of this jar with coin before we leave today, because um, I want to be able to say we filled two joy- jars of coins and we filled one with bills. So before we leave today, um, ladies, if you have a purse um, and you're like me, your purse has extra coins in it. Um, usually mine has about seven dollars in coins in it. It's really ridiculous, but <laughs> when I let, when I clean it out, it's amazing how much lighter my purse is. You gonna fill it? He, he's got okay guys, you probably have coins in your car ladies it's in your purse um, some of you might be in your pockets, but you i didn 't hear anybody jingling too much when he came in this morning, so I would love to fill these jars this morning, add a dollar bill or something if you want to, but I am so excited to bless the Ministry of Portico and what they do here in the Murfreesboro area. Uh, Jeremy and I stopped by on Thursday like I said, to drop those checks off, and when we did um, we got to, he had never seen the building. I've been in a couple times to meet with some of the ladies there. And uh, so we got to tour the building and I asked them, we said, how much uh, does this? Cause they have a whole room where they store these baby bottles during the year. We keep ours here. We told them, Hey, if you don't mind, we'll just keep ours here. Then we don't even have to worry about getting them from you. But we said, how much do you, does this fundraiser do to support your ministry? And she said, last year alone, they did $75,000 in coins and bills. And we are a small part of what that, what that does. And it just, it blesses the ministry. I, if you've never been into the Portico building, I want you to come to me and say, please set up a time. I want to see this place. I cannot tell you how cool this place is and how amazing this team of both men and women are. They're expanding their ministries to men because men are as much a part of um, unexpected pregnancies and all of the things that go with that as women are. Men are, deal with things post-abortive just like women do, and so they are really trying to minister both to men and to women, and so we're just excited to be a small part of what happens there. So those are there. Grab those at the end of service. This morning, we start a new series. We are starting a series called X-ray Vision, um, and X-ray Vision uh, seems kind of funny, but really what it, we're talking about is seeing beneath the surface the way that Christ does, and uh looking uh not just at the skin and the outward appearance because that's what we do as as men we look at the outward appearance so i'm going to show you a video this morning um to get us kicked off
1: hey guess what we're going to learn something from these two bananas today ew Hey gang, it's Uncle Charlie and I want to ask you a question today. How do you measure your worth? Do you measure your worth by how you look on the outside? Or maybe what other people say about how you look? You know when I was a kid I went through a time when I didn't feel so good about the way that I looked. I was small for my age, I had a ton of freckles, I had this long nose, and I had this bright flaming red hair. And as you can imagine, I got called all kinds of names, I mean Pee Wee, Shorty, Pinocchio Nose, Carrot Top, Freckle Face, (laughs) you name it, I got called it. Well, deep down, I'm not going to lie, it kind of hurt my feelings, and I began to think that I wasn't worth very much because of the way that people were always poking fun at the way that I looked. But let me encourage you today with something. Those things have absolutely nothing to do with how much we're valued. It really doesn't even matter what other people think or say, and it doesn't matter how you look compared to other people. It doesn't even matter if you're unable to do something that somebody else can do. It matters what God thinks about you. It matters what He says about you. After all, He's the one that made you, and He's the one that loves you the most. Check out this verse in 1 Samuel 16:7. It says, "...the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart." Now isn't that cool? God doesn't see us the way that other people see us. God sees us for what we're like on the inside. He sees the heart. Now I want to show you a cool illustration that's going to make that point. Now take a look at this. I have two bananas. Which one of these bananas looks good from the outside? Yeah, this one looks a whole lot better, doesn't it? (laughs) It looks fresh, tasty, nothing really wrong with it. Now this banana, on the other hand, it's been in the refrigerator for like three days, and that's how I got to be this way. But let me show you something. When I peel this banana, guess what? It's just as fresh as the other banana, and it's great to eat. Mmm, pretty good! So you see, that banana was really good after all, wasn't it? And because I was able to see the inside of it, I was able to enjoy eating it. And that's exactly how God sees us. He sees us on the inside. So remember, what's important to God is who we are on the inside, not what we look like on the outside. So hold on to that thought next time somebody pokes fun of the way that you look. Oh, and one more thing. You know that goes both ways. Yeah, we need to be careful not to judge others for how they look on the outside either. You see, there's a lot more to people than what you see on the outside, right? Inside that person may have a kind heart, or a wonderful personality, or great character, or even gifts and talents that you haven't even discovered yet. Everybody has something to offer this world, so learn to see others the way that God sees them and the way that God sees you. Yes, it's the inside that matters most to God. God bless, and I'll see you here, there, or in the air. Hey, now wait a minute. Who took my bananas?
0: Okay, that guy about did me in when he ate that brown banana. I just want you to know, but I love what he says there um, as we talk about looking at the inside of a person. So X-ray, an X-ray is an electromagnetic wave of high energy and very short wavelength which is able to pass through many materials opaque to light. And that's what an X-ray is. But what's cool is that uh, when we talk about God's vision, God's vision is able to see through things that others don't see through and he sees beyond what others do see. You know, we can look at someone and we see something, but God's vision, he looks at things, he looks beyond what other people don't see and beyond what others do see. Um, It's also um, a photographic or digital image of the internal composition of something. And I, I read that and I thought, oh man, God looks at the internal composition of us. Isn't that good? He's not looking at the outward thing. He's not looking at our past. He's not looking, he's looking at the internal composition And I think the thing to remember with that is when he looks at the internal composition, we go all the way back to Genesis, and we remember that whose image are we created in? We're created in God's image. So if he's looking at the internal composition, he sees the good. And I love that. So as we kick off our series today, we're talking about David. Um, And David, we're going to talk a little bit about David and Goliath, but David and... um, his amazing, his surprising feat of, of strength. And so this, as we get started, I want you to turn to your neighbors and I want you to take a moment to share a feat of strength um, that surprised you. And why did it surprise you? It can be your own. It could be someone else's, but share about a feat of strength that happened. And why did that surprise you? Ready?
1: Searching, your love was
0: never far. You made a way to get to me. You were the whisper leading me to your heart. There's a lot of stories about strength happening in here right now. Um, my as my favorite, one of my favorite memories. Uh, this is so random though. I was little. I think I was like five or six years old. We were at my grandma's house. Um, I usually spent like every Friday night at my grandma's house in Illinois, and uh, I remember grandma had chicken, fried chicken one night, and we were all sitting at the dinner table and I had eaten the chicken leg, and then all of a sudden my mom heard something snap, and everybody looked at me in a panic. I bit the chicken leg in half as a little kid. You shouldn't be able to, I mean, it was a thick chicken. I mean, even my grandma was like pulling it out, going, you shouldn't have bit that in half. I remember like everybody was like in shock that, little five-year-old me had just, I don't know, I guess I had strong teeth. I don't know. But I remember I was surprised then, like, I just bit a chicken bone in half. How, what in the world? But so that was my my memory of, of strong of strong feet that kind of surprised people. And so we're going to, this morning, as we talk about um, what surprises people, we're going to turn to First uh, Samuel chapter 16, verses 6 through 13. And it's a, it's this passage where um, They are looking for who is going to step in and and be anointed by Samuel. And so they're bringing all these people before uh, the Lord, and and the Lord keeps saying, no, that's not the one, that's not the one. So verse 6, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and said, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them, People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, Abinadab, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimea, but Samuel said, neither is this the one that the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. This is the word of God. And we all say together, thank you, Jesus. So Samuel, he sees Eliab and he thinks, oh, this is our guy, right? He walks in and he's probably big and buff and and it's probably the the oldest brother. And so he looks the most mature. And so he brings him in and, and Samuel's convinced. And God's like, no, that's not him. Don't look at the outside. That's not what I'm looking at here. I'm looking for something different. And so then, whoops, well, there went all my notes. Hold that thought. This is fun. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> well, this has never happened before. There it is. Okay. So he, um, so he, he goes to Samuel, and he, and he looks at him, and he, but he says at the beginning of 16.7, of But the Lord said to Samuel, now, he's wise and discerning, and Samuel's in danger of making the same mistake that the rest of the world did, and that is judging the person by their outward appearance. And then he says, don't consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. God calls us to look past outward appearances of others. Um, Sometimes that's hard, though, isn't it? If we're honest with ourselves, it's hard to look past the outside of somebody that, that comes along. Sometimes it's hard for us to look past the outside of a family member. Man, sometimes we just see that outside and it just drives us crazy. We see the outside behaviors. Um, and God's saying, I don't want you just to focus on the outside. I want you to look deeper at that composition of that person. Um, when we look at appearance and height, it's, sometimes it can say something about a character. It means they're born tall or short or medium or heavy or whatever, but it, it's more, it's not about their character, sorry. It's not about the character. It's just telling us how they were built, what their shape is. It does not define the character. Appearance is not a maker and it's not a breaker, right? appearance doesn't make the deal for you but it doesn't break the deal for you anyone say amen that appearance does not break the deal yeah I you know he talks about how he struggled in that video with he what people said to him and he struggled with his own appearance and God's going that's not a deal breaker for me that doesn't define you the Lord look he doesn't look at the things that people look at God's ways are higher than our ways. Amen? But here's the thing. God's ways being higher than our ways does not mean that God's ways are unachievable. It does not mean that we cannot see others the way that God does. God's ways. This verse, um, it's recorded for us to learn to align our ways with him. So yeah, his ways are higher than ours, but we're supposed, when we are supposed to be developing this relationship with him, part of that is saying, God, give me your eyes. Give me your vision for everyone around me. And when we do that, then we begin to align ourselves with the way that God sees others. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, we seek to be pa- like other pe- like the Lord, and we look past appearances, and we look at the reality of the heart, the content of a man's character. So they wait until David arrives and they say, This is the one. And they anoint David right then and there. David was not the strongest, he was not the biggest, he was not the mightiest. In fact, he probably might have been considered the runt of the litter. Because they didn't even call him to present him to Samuel. And so all of a sudden, in comes David, and and he they bring him before him, and here is this, this little guy. And that's the one who probably shocked everyone when they said, Yep, he's the one. He's the one. Um, What others saw as a wimp, God saw as his warrior. Uh, Isaiah 53 foretells of someone else who's going to be able to relate to what David has uh, experienced in this situation. And here it says, in um, chapter 53, verses 2 and 3, The servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. This is Jesus. This is the one who like changes all of our history because he dies on that cross for us. And I'm, I'm struck as I'm reading it where it says there was nothing beautiful or majestic about him. Nothing to attract us to him. And yet he gave his whole life for us. Um, I, I cannot believe how, you know, this is what we're saying. This is, it's not exa- not how I imagine the Messiah. And yet when I think about it, sometimes that's how I treat him. <clears throat> Nothing much to look at. Nothing beautiful or majestic. Sometimes my actions treat him that way. That really hit me this week. No one believed in David, and yet the Messiah came from the lineage of David. That's kind of significant. Outward appearance can sometimes reflect an inward state of character, but it can be easy to be deceived. Satan was the most beautiful of all created angelic beings, but his heart was ugly. But like God, be like God and learn to judge yourself and others by the person's heart. So David, you know, the, the fast forward in the story, and, and he, it comes time for David to fight Goliath, right? And they, again, they bring all the other brothers in, and then they're like, no, no, let's bring, no one else is going to do it. And they bring in David, right? And we know the story. David tries to put on the armor, and he doesn't even fit in the armor. So here goes the runt of the litter, as we've said, and he goes out to fight this giant. Can you imagine being the other guy standing there? It, I was, like, trying to, like, think about in here who's really tall, and, and I, Aaron Hill, you know, Aaron's tall. I know he's looking at me like, why'd you say my name? Aaron Hill is tall. And then it's like sending Theo out to stand in front of Aaron and be like, let's go. Picture it. Like, it's just funny. Or, or Parker, like, can you just picture the, Parker would be like, let's go, I'll fight you, you know? Um, but seriously, it's like bringing that little guy out in front of Goliath and they're all laughing at him. Like, what, how, what are you thinking? But what happens? The little man, defeats the giant. Because God's favor is on David. Man, when God's favor is on us, what can we do? David was capable of far more than anyone thought. So what does this mean for us today? Here's a thought that I want you to ponder. If the Messiah came from the lineage of David, what could come from your lineage if you would surrender your life to Christ? What has been your lineage doesn't have to be what your lineage is from here on out. Because we can break the line of things in our past. So if God can bring, and like, think about this, David's, it's not like David's family line was perfect, right? There's some messed up business in there. We got Bathsheba and all these other things in David's story, but still God brings Jesus from the lineage of David. And if he can do that from the lineage of David, he can take our screwed up family past and history and present and do something out of us too. We need to look around us like God does. We have to look beyond the exterior of a person and at the inside, we look far deeper beyond their junk. I need somebody. Does anybody in here have perfect vision? Does anybody? No, for real. I knew this would have happened to me. Nobody has perfect vision. You do. Will you come be an illustration for me? OK. Huh? You're, no, Meredy. sorry. I should have said the name. <sighs> Merity, you're awesome. OK, so you can stand down there. You don't have to even come up here. All right, so this is um, a pair of glasses that I borrowed from somebody. And uh, will you put those glasses on for me? What does that do when you put those glasses on? It's very blurry, right? You can't see. Like, if, you, if I was to ask you to run out of this room, it could maybe be a little bit of a problem for you. I, uh, I kind of tell you You'd walk. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Give Meredy a hand, everyone. All right. So, but here's the thing we put on, you know, when we look at human standards, we look through blurry lenses, we look through distorted lenses when we look at others. God's vision is perfect. God's x-ray vision that looks beneath the surface of a person is perfect. And we're supposed to follow God's vision, not our human standard vision. Because when we do that, we fall over, we get messed up, we can't see things for what they really are, and we don't look at things the way that God intended. God wants us to look with his vision at others. Um, our vision can be blurred by stigma and stereotypes. Our vision can be blurred by what society tells us to see people as, right? Yeah. Okay, come on now. This week, has society been saying some ways to look at each other? Yeah. I guarantee you, there have been moments this week where the Lord has gone, because oh. you got people on both sides of an argument not behaving very Christ-like and looking at each other through God's vision. God says, look at him with my eyes. Look at the composition of a person. Look deeper. So when we look, when we take those, those blurry glasses off and we look, you know, for a person who has perfect vision, when we take those blurry glasses off, we can look, right, Mary, And we see things the way that they're intended to be seen. That's what God's vision looks like. God's vision saw David as able when others saw David as not. God's vision sees people created in his image and his visible, his image or his, sorry, his vision looks deeper at a person and he sees their possibility. I I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I need someone to see my possibilities. Because there are times in my life where I don't see my own I can share moments with you from my growing up years where people saw possibility in me. I've shared about one of my favorites and her name's Amy. Amy saw possibility in me that others didn't necessarily see. Amy told me, I see this in you and I'm gonna invest in you and Amy did. So God's vision allows us to see possibility in others. Take a minute, look around this room. Look around, I give you permission. We talk about this. Nobody wants to turn when you tell everybody to look around. Look around, look at each other, smile, wave if you have to, make it, get rid of the awkward, just, okay, there we go. What is the possibility in this room? We're a church family, right? What's the possibility right here? Do we see that possibility in others? Do we look across this room and see that possibility? Think about your family. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's your extended family. Just picture yourself right now. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay. You're sitting at a family reunion. You're gathered around with that family. Do you see their outward appearance? Has society told you to look at them one way? Has your blurred... Human vision, seeing them in a way that's not what God intends? Or can you look at them and see them in their heart, in their original composition, and can you see their possibilities? Open your eyes. I'm guessing if we sat around this room and and we were real honest with each other, we probably all have at least one family member that we don't necessarily look at with God's possibilities. Now maybe that family member is in this room as a church family member, and maybe that family member is someone in our own home or in our extended family, and we don't look at them with a whole lot of possibility. And I think that's, that's a moment where we've gotta check ourselves and say, God, man, I'm not seeing them the way you do. I'll be honest, I have one. And on a regular basis, I have to say, God, give me your eyes for this person. God, give me your heart for this person because I don't have it. I've prayed that prayer in churches that I've been in. Shocker to hear a pastor say that, right? No, I'll be honest. Sometimes people are hard to love. Sometimes pastors are hard to love. But the reality is, I said to God, God, change my heart for that person. I need your heart because I don't have it right now. Change my heart for that person. You know what happens? when I stay surrendered to him, when I align myself with him, it's amazing because all of a sudden, I begin to see the possibility in that person rather than the, the nuisance or the pressure or the problem. So who is it in our lives that we need to see beyond the pressure, the, the problems, the, the heartache, the, the trouble, and we need to see the possibility and the heart and the original composition made in the image of God? each week as we go through this, um, we're going to give you a challenge. And we're going to encourage you this week, each week to go do something. So we're going to practice our x-ray vision. So here's this week's challenge. I want you to take time to see your family, whether it's blood or church family this week. I want you to first, before you do anything, I want you to say, God, I need your vision. I need your eyes for this person. And then I want you to spend time with them. What They might not be in town. You get on the phone with them. But I want you to spend time with them. I want you to talk with them. And I want you to take a few moments to really listen. We are not always very good listeners. With my person in my family, oh, man, I am not always a very good listener. But I'm finding myself recently, I've been, even before we started um, working on this over the last few months, I've been trying intentionally to give some moments on the phone with my person to listen. And all of a sudden, God is giving me this tenderness where before there was just frustration. So I want you to take some time to really listen this week. Bow your heads with me. God, this morning... Um, we come before you. Put your hands out in front of you. We have our hands out in front of us, and and in our hands is symbolically the person. Maybe it's a, a bunch of persons, but God, a person. And we put that person in our hands and we say, God, you created this person in your image. You created this person to be like you and yet i don't see them that way i've got the blurry glasses on i've got the the distorted vision and i need your vision for them i need to see beneath their surface to that original composition to see how good they can be i need to love them the way that you do and god that's not easy god it's hard But God, I pray that as I hold this person in my hands, that you will help me. That you will help me to see them the way that you do. God, my seeing them the way that you do may not change them. But it'll give me the ability to love them the way that you do when I can see them the way that you do. Jesus, I pray for each person in this room and online with us this morning. And I pray that as they, as they have this person this week, God that, God, that if they try to get through this week without, without talking to that person, that you would push them to do it anyway. Maybe you bring that person in front of them oh, every day this week. God, do what it takes to help us to have your vision for others, to see beneath the surface, to not look at the outward appearance, but to look at the heart. Shape us, transform us into creatures just like you. Help us to be the beings that you created us to be, men and women created in your image. This may not be easy, but God, you call us to do hard things sometimes. Thank you that you trust us. Thank you that you saw possibility in each one of us even though we're not worthy. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me this morning. This week, my hope is that you will see God working in and around you. My prayer is that you will look at your family not the way that um, David's dad and brothers did, seeing kind of the wimp and the runt, but that you would look at your family and say, yep, yeah, this is good. That you would see the internal composition and that you would bless and be blessed as you live out your x-ray vision the way that God does this week. Friends, until we meet again, have an amazing
1: Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org. Thanks again for listening.